Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and analysis on the entire internet. That's right, HashtagBasketball.com. Your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, I believe this may be the last Eastern Conference team in our previews. Is that true? Ooh, um, it is not, oh, Tyler. One there's of your one more. Favorite oh, teams no. left. Uh, and uh, we're saving it for last wanna... because we have no idea what's going to happen with this team. Their rotation. I don't want... Well, we're just going to forget them because I don't even want to deal with them. They're, they're, they're on my back burner. Um, so we, might, we might not do a Knicks show, but we are definitely doing – an Indiana Pacers show. But first, before we get into that, I want to do uh, a special announcement that our listener leagues are open. Patreon.com slash watching the boxes. If you want to support the show or join our listener leagues, just like Darren Wilson and Mark Melkin have done, just like our old friend Adam Hotchberger has done. Love that guy. Adam's a real, an old Patreon. He's been around since the beginning. Or just support the show like Brian Kneb and Rick Canales have done. We uh, we love and support our uh, patrons because they support us. Uh, but if you want to get in those listener leagues, you better go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes today to enter. Um, guys, I dropped the ball on the prizes. Everybody who was in a listener league last year, you are going to get your prizes. I promise. Um, I, I got married and uh, changed jobs. It's been a very crazy uh, year for me. But I promise every single one of you, you will get your prizes from last year. I've not forgotten about you because I love you and you're the best. Patreon.com. Not a really good uh, sign to, to be there. And then now go subscribe to patreon.com slash watching the boxes. But I want to make sure all our patrons hear that, Tyler, before we get into the Indiana Pacers. We're going to get to talk about a samurai basketball reference tells me. I won't tell you which player has the nickname. Um, I'm excited but... about this, Tyler. I'm still waiting for you to bring the basketball reference um, nickname guy on the show. Still waiting for that. Do you know? Told me he was afraid of what questions you were going to ask him. Um, he should be. I have a lot of questions. I have a, I'm very interested in what his life is like, uh, where he shops, where he eats, where he's, I'm, I'm very interested in that. Uh, Indiana Pacers actually bit of a, bit of a turnover there. Uh, Bojan Bodanovic went, to uh, Utah, Darren Collison retired. Tyreek Evans. That was surprising. That might have been one of the more surprising and underreported stories of the offseason was Darren Collison just deciding to not play basketball anymore. It was That was very interesting uh, to me. Yeah, he up and retired, and I was, I was pretty surprised by that as well. Tyreek Evans kind of forced to retire um, by being suspended, I, I'm pretty sure. Corey Joseph off to the Kings. Wes Matthews off to the Bucks. Kylo Quinn off to the Sixers. And the Thaddeus Young off to the playoff-bound Chicago Bulls. Um, instead, the Pacers added Malcolm Brogdon from the Bucks. Um, they also added a uh, former Bull, Justin Holiday, And I think a really – a couple under – like, I actually think Indiana might have had one of the best off-seasons. They, pull, they pulled Malcolm Brogdon, which everybody kind of saw coming. But Justin Holiday is a, ba- is a, is a good basketball player. Jeremy Lamb – from Horn- the Hornets is a good basketball player. T.J. McCollum, uh, McCollum, 
TJ McConnell? What is wrong? What is wrong with me? McConnell. TJ. You having a stroke? I almost. I think I just had a stroke. Uh, TJ McConnell is on this team now, and another TJ. TJ Warren is on this team, who's pretty good at basketball. All those guys are pretty good at basketball. Did you see the picture from Media Day? That that made me laugh. They have every TJ in the league. TJ Leaf, TJ McConnell, and TJ Warren. So they took the picture of the three of them together um, during Media Day, and it was like the NBA's TJs or something. Um, but it was it was funny. Yeah, so they, they, they've cornered the market on TJs. They also added a player who will not make the roster but has one of my favorite names in the game, Amita Brima, which I just like to say because I feel like that is an amazing name. I wish my name Brima, was half that cool. Undrafted probably won't make – the uh, probably won't make the team, Tyler. That's no, sad. but I'm ex- I just want to say his name. I just want him to be on the team so I can be like, oh, Amita Brima, there he is. Well, they also added, I'm going to give it a shot, Tyler. You know how bad this is. Uh, through the draft, a guy I think you kind of liked, Goga Batadze. Dude, you actually got that one. Batadze. I might be using a cheat sheet, but yes, I'm, I'm working on my pronunciations this year to not be such an embarrassment. Uh, Goga Batadze, kind of a, right. a fun player if he wasn't buried behind Miles Turner and 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 uh, TJ Leaf and Dante Sabonis and Alexander. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not expecting. I'm not expecting a ton from from Goga this year, but I think there's a scenario where he works his way into kind of that backup center role. Um, and this is maybe the most interesting thing, or, or maybe not. They they keep telling me the plan is they're going to finally play Miles Turner and Demontis Sabonis together, right? They keep they've been against it for a while, right? And there's obviously they've been two of their better players for how many years now, right? Basically the last three, two, three, so maybe the third year, maybe the fourth. Um, so if, if you haven't done it yet, why are you all of a sudden going to do it now? Like I get maybe your roster's changed a little bit and you have a little bit more need to do it without Thad Young and without um, Bogdanovich, but you clearly didn't want to do it before, so there's something holding you back, and I'm worried that they kind of fall back into that when this lineup struggles. And it, it, against some teams, it's definitely going to struggle. Like teams that are going to go small are going to eat those two up because they just they're going to be able to run and, and play pace and space, and and that those two just aren't going to be able to cut it right. They're two kind of big lumbering big men. Let's actually start there because I do think that is the most interesting thing. Uh, Dantas Sabonis, only 25 minutes a game. Turner, only about 28, 29 minutes a game last season. Uh, I do expect a, a nice bump from Turner, uh, but for Sabonis, I don't. Uh, for the same reasons that you just mentioned, they're probably going to try to play him, but I just, I just, it, it, it hasn't worked, and it probably won't work. And Dantas Sabonis is, you know, your your Zach Randolph light type of player. Um, but Zach Randolph light is a top, you know, is hovering around that hundred spot for many years. So do you think Donna Sabonis is going to be um, a standard league relevant player? Oh, here's the thing about him, right? So you mentioned that he was good in like 24, 25 minutes and he was basically standard league relevant. Um, 
I am concerned about the minutes. I think he probably should be drafted in a standard league. I've been seeing him go kind of high, a little bit higher than I would want to take him. And maybe you got Yahoo's ADP pulled up and you can tell me um, what it, what it is. But in some of the leagues I went, he's gone in like that, you know, kind of 50, 60 range a couple times. And I'm like, Ooh, that's, that's not for me. Um, um, that, here's actually, the thing that I think holds Sure, go ahead. The thing that holds him back the most for me is the steals and the blocks, right? Like, per 36 minutes. And obviously, he's not going to sniff 36 minutes. 0.9 and 0.6. So, 0.9 steals, 0.6 blocks. Um, yeah, that's just not enough for a guy who's, if you're telling me he's going to be kind of in that first plateau, I don't super care if he can be 20 and 10. Like, I don't want a guy who's not going to steal and block the ball. And maybe that's another reason why I don't want to pick John Collins, like, super high. Um, yeah, so now I'm going to worry about a minutes crunch, no three-pointers, and the fact that he doesn't really get any steals and blocks. And he's not a fantastic free throw shooter. Like, there's just a lot yeah. of negatives here for me. And I don't see a, a, a potential for him to play, like, 32 minutes a game. So it's going to be maybe 28 and in 28 that's like 15 and 10 with like three assists, which is good for a center, but that's perfectly. And that's perfectly fine. Right. And I think the minutes do go up a little bit, but I'm still avoiding Sabonis in drafts, even in that second plateau, even in that plus 100 uh, area, because of the reasons you're mentioning the steals and blocks are great. He's negative in threes. And you got guys like Danny Green hanging out in, in that section. You have uh, who's like a 2 2 1 guy. You could take um, uh, JaVale McGee down there, JJ Reddick. You could take a, a swing at uh, your your old friend, Willie Colley Stein. You could even get old Paul Millsap down there. A lot of old veterans hanging around in that plus 100 range. And I, I did look it up, Tyler, and I was shocked. To see Sabonis, the ADP on Yahoo is 78. Yeah, and that's, I mean, he actually comes out 78th in Mark's rankings, playing 28 minutes a game. Um, so so there is that. Um, and the, the, the good field goal percentage on fairly good volume definitely helps that, that number. Um, yeah, 78 is just a, a bit too high for me, too. I think I want him kind of more in that you know, oh. 90 to 110 range. And I just don't see him dropping there. And I also, like I said, I just don't super want a guy that's going to get me 0.6 and 0.4 as far as steals and blocks. Like they're just, they're just not that interesting to me. Let me ask you a question. How many Indiana Pacers would you draft ahead of Sabonis? Wow, now that is a good question. Um, depending There's a right on, answer to this. I'm letting you know. There's a right answer to this. Depending on the league, four. Some leagues may be only three. Okay, think, so the correct answer was five, Tyler. And um, okay. let's start at the top of that list. Oh, okay, yeah, five. Okay, I missed one. That was my bad. That was my – see, basketball uh, reference gets – no, basketball reference gets cluttered nowadays because they put the full 20-man training camp roster on there. So I was kind of trying to look through fast. And Excuse me, Tyler. 
Do you not make I, excuses I missed one. just because you don't care? You don't care for Indiana. You don't care for the the Pacers. You don't care for the state of Indiana. You don't care for the people in Indiana. Just don't make excuses. I've actually been to Indiana many times in my life, and I'm a big fan. I sadly have too, and I'm I'm not a big fan. Um, the now I'm talking shit about the the, the people in Indiana. I grew up. You just want to hey. You just want to get Jakar Sampson because you saw per game he was a top fifty player last year. I know, I know how you are. Top twenty five player in uh, <laughs> from last year. Um, I grew up five about five miles away from Indiana, and as a incredibly bored uh, grade schooler, we would ride our. You're up. you are are you from Gary, Indiana? God, no, I'm not. That would be even worse. That uh, that I'm from. I, I do not throw shades on many cities, but I've driven through there a few times, and that may be the most depressing place on earth. It's quite a trash hole, but uh, the rest of Indiana is also a trash hole. Um, we used to ride our bikes out to the Indiana state line and uh, beat the Indiana, uh, Welcome to Indiana sign with baseball bats because we had nothing um, else to do that's just, as like a 10 year old. Isn't that like some form of terrorism or, or something i think you um, it might be a federal it might be a federal crime <laughs> uh so this is just a fake story that i made up um also i was 10 i think this uh, statutes of limitations have passed perhaps um and also we were very bored and it was the 90s we did not have the damn internet to uh keep us <laughs> occupied so well, well your parents could excuses. at least support a baseball bat so you weren't you weren't like the poorest kid in the history of the world <laughs> no, I, we were doing just just all right uh, back in the '90s. Um, Tyler, let's talk about the guy you would draft first um, in the Indiana Pacers, and I'll I'll let you I'll let you take it. I don't know who you would draft first, but I, I know who I'd draft first. Um, yeah, and this is a guy I don't think I'm going to get it all this year, which is sad to me because I'm a fan of Miles Turner. Um, me too. But he, we mentioned this right. His ADP is. His draft rank on Yahoo is 20th. Don't take Miles Turner at 20th. I think that's a mistake. I think that's a way to get behind the eight ball early. He did lead the league in blocks last year, um, averaged 2.7 per game. He is more of a third-round player than a second-round player to me. It's hard to draft a guy in the second round that's only getting you 13 points. Um, and then this guy also gets you no assist to speak of, like one and a half, just not enough. He's not really getting you super elite rebounds. He averaged 7.2 last year in 28 minutes. Um, I could see a few more minutes this year, like maybe up to 30. But even still in 30 minutes, I think, what are you going to really get? You're going to get like seven and a half, not quite eight rebounds. You're going to get maybe 14 points. And can he average more blocks than 2.7? I'm going to say probably not. Like I think 2.7 is a number that's difficult to repeat. So, and we saw right during his second season in 31 minutes, he averaged 2.1 blocks. So, uh, I think all around, though, like a, as a as a roto player, as a center, he's very very good. Uh, I do think the the minutes do bump up, uh, maybe even significantly to like the 30 32 mark. Um, third round sounds sounds correct, right? Um, I don't know if you're going to get him. He's going currently 24th uh adp see that's i don't want him as a second round player and i don't even i don't even super want him as a high third round player for me like he's more in that back end of the third maybe even early fourth and so So i just don't think i'm gonna get him at all this year it's probably his ceiling and i think you're gonna have to take him there so if you want him you're gonna have to take him if you want the blocks 
you're going to have to take him. If you already kind of set yourself up with two really, really high scorers, I actually really don't mind Miles Turner at, at, at near the top of the third. Um, I think a lot of people are sleeping on Chris Tasporzingis, but when it comes to big men near the top of the draft, Miles Turner is just the more interesting big man. Like, uh, you know, I'm not going to take Mitchell Robinson over him. Or, uh, yeah, I'm not taking Mitchell Robinson over him. I'd rather have him than Clint Capella. Um, there's other value there from other positions and other players, but he really is kind of one of the premier big men at the near the near the uh, I guess the you know, third, fourth, fifth tiers into that you know that second and third round. So if you want a big man or need a big man, that's probably where you're going to have to take him. Yeah, but I mean, don't fall into the trap that you need a big man. I don't think you ever need a big man in the third round. The standard because, league, there are a lot of big men late in drafts. A lot. And, 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 and so even in a deep league, right? Like some of those guys are hanging around in the, you know, what turns into your third, fourth, fifth round. And I also don't hate the idea in a deep league of kind of trying to go sneaky block guys toward the end, right? Like maybe get yourself someone that can get close to a block a game. That's kind of a backup hanging around real late. Right. That's kind of a backup B center that can do some interesting things and blocks and rebounds. Like that's how you win a deep league is getting value from players that where other guys aren't getting any value from the spot because they went with some young guy that they're hoping can get minutes and he's getting, you know, 15 a game. And you're getting a guy who's gotten playing, you know, 2025, but actually producing some stats. I'm looking at a guy like Nolan's Noel, right? Like Nolan's Noel's not going to play a ton, but Nolan's Noel's really good in the minutes that he plays. Yes, I think the, the stats, the stats, the position, all that stuff is definitely there. Late in draft, if you want it all in one package, and you've already set yourself up with some points, and you're in, or if you're, you know, in a roto league, uh, top of the, near the top of the third for Turner. Like I said, that's just where you're going to have to we're going to have to draft them. So I got an even harder question for you, Tyler. Which one of these Indiana Pacers are you drafting next? Next. Um, so this is going to depend on the league, I think. In the right league, right, which would probably be a shallow league um, where there's plenty of replacements available, I would take Victor Oladipo next. Interesting. Okay, why would you take Victor Oladipo? I just think, and I think Victor Oladipo sometimes gets slept on. Victor Oladipo is a very good per-minute producer, and the Pacers have finally kind of made Victor Oladipo their guy, right? Like, they are building around him. Now, he had the same injury as Kawhi Leonard, that quad quad tendon. Um, Kawhi Leonard had this quadriceps tendon injury. Um, that kind of set him back in the season where he played nine games. He did not have the surgery on it. The only other person I know that's had this surgery is Tony Parker. Um, ESPN's Fantasy actually produced a, a really good article featuring Stefania Bell, the the injury lady over there. Um, it talked about a lot of the questionable players for fantasy basketball. Um, she made the assumption that Oladipo probably is not going to play until 2020. So... That's a lot of time missed. But I think, you know, Victor Oladipo can give you some pretty elite steals, give you like five rebounds, give you like five assists, score 18 to 20 points when he's healthy. Um, so in a head-to-head league that's that's pretty shallow and one with a couple of IR spots. Now, I, I don't want to do it with one IR spot. 
I want to do it with like two, three, four IR spots too, because I want to have, I want to be able to get the games played early in the season, but I also want to be able to um, have Victor Oladipo for my stretch run because I think Victor Oladipo is a game changer in that way. So, Um, and I um, I also think, you know, in Roto leagues as well, when you can uh, have someone who gives, gives you average numbers, gives you average stats, at the beginning of your season through December into January, right? Or you could find somebody off the waiver wire if you're in a shallower league, right? You can make do with Victor Oladipo being on your IR. And then for the second half of the season, you can get those super quality starts out of Victor Oladipo if you are drafting him nice and late in drafts. And I think that's the real... That's the real game changer here is that Oladipo, right? Currently, I've seen him go in the fifth round. Oh, well, no, I don't want that. I was thinking he's going more probably like pick 75, pick 80, pick 85. I'm pretty interested in Oladipo. Um, and, 80, and that's 80, so- I, I completely agree. ADP, Victor Oladipo, 63 on Yahoo. So far and too that's high about 20. It. That's about 20 spots too too soon for me. Um, I want to get through that kind of – we talk about this a lot, right? That kind of 60 to 65 range where there's a lot of very interesting guys that I think could potentially be top 50 players this year or give you right around you know top 50 value. Um, once those guys get gone and we get into that kind of next tier or plateau, I'm all right with taking Victor Oladipo because I think Victor Oladipo has the upside, right, to be in that last stretch of the season like a top 30 player. And obviously that's, I'm starting that's to game changing. Look at him in that sixty plus. I'm going to start like looking his way, but I still there's a, there's still a handful of people on the board that are going to produce. Um, and I I think a lot of people might get tripped up with like, oh, he's going to come back and be like top twenty Victor Oladipo, and I highly doubt he's going to come back and be a, t- a top twenty Victor Oladipo at all this season. Okay, yes, unless we're talking maybe fantasy playoffs. Like, if he comes back in January, it's going to take some time for him to ramp up, obviously, right? But then, you know, if your playoffs don't start till March, he could be really good in March. You know, after playing for two months of of just okay basketball. Um, And so that's why I mentioned in head-to-head I'm a little bit more interested in him than even in Roto. Because I think in Roto, when he comes back, he's going to have some – not so quality starts because he's going to play, you know, like 15 minutes to start and then he's going to go up to 20 and 25 and he's still going to be getting his legs under him. And anytime we see a guy with a leg injury, a lot of times their jumper takes a little bit to, to get ironed out. So yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm in head to head. I'm even a little bit more interested just because I feel like in the playoffs, he could be a game changer and he might not be a game changer until we get to March. And I, I really highly doubt I'm going to have Oladipo hardly on any of my teams just because of how early. Yeah, he's going too early. That's yeah. Well, that's when I start looking at him. But then I keep finding I still keep finding players that I'd rather draft over him. Uh, considering January is now is now the time frame. So um, I would actually wager that perhaps Malcolm Brogdon could be the the second pacer drafted. But I kind of should should be drafted. Yeah, I'm kind of lukewarm on Malcolm Brogdon. There is a lot of hype around this move from Milwaukee, where he's playing about 28 minutes per game, to the Pacers, where he'll be the starting point guard and probably play closer to 30 plus minutes a game. 
Um, Malcolm Brogdon gets his value out of being an efficient and across the board type of like poor man's auto porter. And uh, except for auto porter gets steals and auto porter is decent at rebounds and auto porter gets more blocks than him. He's really like Malcolm Brogdon is living on the edge of being like a decent standard league player because he does everything a little bit above average. He does nothing very well. He's not going to suddenly start doing anything better. He's just going to get more usage, which could mean um, a little bit more assists, perhaps. A li- maybe an extra closer to two three-pointers a game. But that type of player, you know, someone, something who's getting you like 16 uh, maybe two three-pointers a game, four rebounds, four assists, maybe a steal. That's still a below like below a top 60 player. That doesn't put you into that tiered layer uh, of player. It's just kind of like a mediocre plateau guy with a ceiling that doesn't that doesn't do anything for me. I, I especially in head-to-head leagues, I'm not super interested because percentages in, in a weekly head-to-head matchup are a little fluky, and obviously Brogdon gets a lot of value from his percentages. Just not enough assists for a point guard, not enough steals for a point guard, no blocks to speak of. Threes are just okay, right? They're not anything to write home about. And you mentioned he doesn't really have any category. Like, his two best categories are literally his percentages, which in the head-to-head league I'm not not super caring about, probably. I'm going to probably pick a guy who stinks at free throws or a guy – Things at, at the old goals because of the other, you know, juicy good stats I can get. So, yeah, I think Brogdon, in most leagues, Brogdon's been going a little too high for me. Like, to me, he's more of a, a 70, 80, 90 player. And I, I think he's been getting hyped a little bit and kind of going on the edge of that 50, you know, 60, maybe even like right around 70 in some leagues. And I'm just not super interested at that point. The um, 70 plus range is where I start once again being interested in him and Oladipo. And I kind of like, you know, Oladipo's got a nice upside. Malcolm Brogdon's actually going to play uh, probably mostly a full season. Uh, if I'm in a roto league, I can see where his value gets bumped into that 70 range, right? Like I can think that Brogdon's value and the percentages does make him interesting. And on the top of that, there's not a lot of starting point guards after the 70 plus range, which is why I think he's being his ADP is currently 65 on Yahoo. So I think yeah, that's no, why he's bu- well, that's why he's bumped into that range, right? There's really not a there's really no point guards after him that I'm interested in other than maybe Ricky Rubio. Uh, give me Rubio, give me T, give me Delon Wright over. I'm not going that far. Delon Wright's not that good. Yeah, but see, Delon Wright can get you steals. Thank you. Sure. And um, if playing 30 minutes, DeLon Wright could potentially get you like 1.2, 1.3, 1.4 steals. Like the steals could potentially be elite. If, especially if he's, Dallas playing, is gonna, if he's playing that many minutes, I, I just really don't think he's going to. I, I think Dallas is going to use him as kind of like a defensive stopper. They're going to have to have someone to guard point guards, and they're going to they're going to use him quite a bit to do that role. They don't need a score, and you know, like a lot of the other guys, they have want to get buckets. They don't really need that, so and I think he's going to play more than people think. Um, yeah, I'm just not a big, huge fan of Brogdon's fantasy game. Like, Brogdon's a really good player. Here's the other thing about Brogdon. Three years in the NBA, 75, 48, 64 games. So he hasn't stayed super healthy either. So that's something to good think call. about. 
definitely a good call on the injury history. Um, yeah, just another guy I think is going a little too high. Doesn't have the upside for me to be enticing in, in my plateau sections. Um, you know, like, you know, take a swing on Jonathan Isaac. Like, he could be great. He could be terrible. But, like, at least he's he's something. Um, if you're desperate for a guard and you're in a more roto-centric league or a percentage uh, team build, okay, I can see around that 70 range, needing a point guard, getting the percentages. Cool. That's fine. I- I'm totally fine with that 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 area for Malcolm Brogdon, but I'm certainly not targeting Malcolm Brogdon. Um, Tyler, this is I think this is the guy. You, I, I don't know who you forgot that should be going against. Uh, actually, I think the guy you forgot is not this guy. I think you still you're kind of a Jeremy Lamb uh, fan. Like you you stand for Jeremy Lamb. Uh, yeah, I don't know about all that. I mean, I, I think Jeremy Lamb has been slightly underrated. Um, the last couple years, I think Jeremy Lamb has been better than most people realize because he played for the Hornets and no one super cared about the Hornets. Um, he got you 15 points a game last year in 28 minutes, which is pretty impressive, right? I mean, you're talking like if he plays like 33 minutes, that's pretty damn close to 20 points a game, um, which is interesting, right? Um, hey, he yes, got us, I like, he, I like Jeremy. Ahead. I like Jeremy Lamb. No, I was gonna say I like Jeremy Lamb um just in general like he's he's super solid he's definitely definitely overlooked one of the few a lot of our overlooked players have become just looked and uh, i think jeremy lamb uh you like i said you've been standing for him for a for quite a while and um he's currently going adp 97 that's a great i think that's a great spot to to snag him and um, yeah i mean i think i'd rather have him than brogdon if we're being honest because he's gonna give me a steal He's going to give me like 14, 15 points. He's going to at least give me 5.2 rebounds, right? Like he's going to give you some decent threes. The percentages are good. They're not as good as Brogdon's, but they're still good. Like I think Let's that say he's close to a half a block a game. That's that's not like if you're talking about getting Brogdon at 65 or Lamb at 97, that's an easy it's an easy bid. And Jeremy Lamb is going to play at the beginning of the season for the first few months, 32, 33, 34 minutes a game. So his value will be significantly higher, and he's a perfect guy to get late in a draft, get some usage out of him, and then trade him while his value is high. And so if you're telling me it's a me-only draft, I might pick Jeremy Lamb over Brogdon, especially if it's head-to-head. Just I feel like he's giving me some categories where he's actively helping me a lot, whereas Brogdon's like... Yeah, so he's good in that, but he's just okay. Just okay, just okay, just okay, just okay, just okay. And you know what I mean? Like, give me Lamb. I feel like uh, I feel better about Lamb. I feel like Lamb's going to need – they're going to need Lamb to score, especially early in the season. So, yeah, I think he could get off to a real hot start and be helping your fantasy team. I I think he – let's put him down as a sleeper. Let's put him down as a sleeper, Tyler. Fan. I, everyone's always like, oh, John Collins is a sleeper. It's like, well, no, everybody, he's not been a sleeper for like – he hasn't been a sleeper in three years, but and he wasn't even in the league like before that. Jeremy Lamb hate, definitely still old man sleeping. If if you want, if you're if you're standing for someone during that rookie season, I don't think they can ever be a sleeper. Like I remember fantasy people going, "Oh, John Collins is going to be so good this year." Like at no point can you be a sleeper then, unless you have a terrible season where everyone forgets about you. I completely agree. Uh, here's the guy I think maybe you forgot, Tyler, and I think a lot of people are forgetting him, and I think this is why I'm getting him super late in drafts. I'm talking about last few rounds late in drafts. 
Uh, that might be changing with maybe some of the ratings that changes that Yahoo is putting in. So I hope not. But I keep I keep wondering why people think TJ Warren is not a top 100 player. And here here here's my uh, here's my spiel, Tyler. I paid TJ Warren a okay. Um, let me, let me give you my spiel first, and then you can tear it apart. Um, you'll be wrong, but you can tear it apart. TJ Warren is getting paid. He was they wanted him on the Indiana Pacers, right? They they wanted him on the team. His current, I would say, um, competition for uh, either being the the three backup four position is, like I said, Dante Sabonis. TJ Leaf, Doug McDermott, and Justin Holiday, who is not not that bad. TJ Warren is going to start, and I don't know why he wouldn't be playing close to at least 30 minutes a game. In 32 minutes a game last season, he was 18 points, two three-pointers, good percentages, over a steal a game, close to a block a game four rebounds across the board. Very, very, very good per game, 44th. So even if those minutes do go down and he takes a little bit of a backseat compared to, you know, just chucking away in, in Phoenix, why is he not a top 100 player? And why is he being drafted outside the top 100? So TJ Warren, and there's kind of the interesting thing about TJ Warren, right? So in nine cat, Per game value, he's been a top 100 player for the last three seasons. In ACAT, per game value, he's been a top 100 player for the last three seasons. But on total value, last year, 158, 171. He has never been a top 100 player in ACAT total value. Now, his turnovers are really low, so he did do it twice where he was in the 80s um, in 9-CAT. And really, it just comes down to the games played. I mean, his maximum games played in his five-year career was 66. He's played 40, 47, 66, 65, 43. Um, that that injury track record is scary, right? And so it's hard to get somebody, if you're doing like pro- all based off projections, it's hard to get somebody in your top 100 if you're only projecting them for at most like, what, 65 games, especially when they're not super duper elite. Like, for example, he, he Mark Roberts hasn't playing 26 minutes a game. Um, whether you agree with that or not, he might play more than that. That's fine. Um, he is ranked 185th because he's only playing 63 games. So all the good stats are there, right? The things that he does is good. They're all there. But he doesn't come out to a top 100 player just because the games and the minutes. So if you're projecting 30 minutes, which is possible, I don't know. It depends on how much they play Sabonis and Turner together, right? They're going to play those two together, and they're going to play them both like 32 minutes. Well, TJ Warren's not going to play that much. He's just not. Um, and I think I I just disagree. I think uh, they like we've talked about. You know, Sabonis doesn't work with uh, with with Miles Turner, and TJ Warren probably does a little bit more. I feel like TJ Warren actually works with Sabonis too. Uh, so you're going to see him play th- maybe even three to the five in certain in lineups, but three and four quite a bit. And I just, he doesn't have any competition. There's no one else vying for this spot for TJ Warren. So 30 minutes to me does just not seem out of, just out of reason. It just doesn't seem like 
30 minutes is absurd. And in 30 minutes, TJ Warren per game is a, is a top 100 fantasy player. Now, the, the, you, I think you made a good point about his games played. But, yeah. Top probably 80 player. He's probably a top 80 player in 28 minutes a game. Um, and I think that's very much on the table. Uh, yeah, but you got to worry about the injury history. And in the certain build, right, he's not great. He's one of those players that's kind of at the back end of your draft where you got to need what he gives you, right? Because, like, the rebounds aren't great. The assists are definitely not good. Um, the three-pointers are questionable, right? He was basically a career, what, like 26% three-point shooter up until last season when he made 42. So that's a bit of a question mark there. Is is Was that real or fake, right? Real or fake on the threes? Um, but obviously he's going to give you good points. He's going to shoot good percentages. Um, and 9K, he's, he's great. He might even be a top. He might even be a top sixty player in nine cat. Is that crazy to say? This is kind of my this is kind of my point, Tyler. Is that you're seeing him undrafted? You're seeing him, you know, one twenty, just or last last round type of pick. Uh, Maybe that changes with some of the the ratings, but uh, I I just feel like there's zero zero interest in TJ Warren this year, and I don't get it. Uh, I'm going to take him in, in one of my last three rounds, perhaps last two rounds. And not feel not feel bad about it at all. I find that good. Uh, I feel real good about that too. Uh, but I think the two things that are holding it back are the games and the the love for the Turner and Sabonis playing together. Um, a lot of oh. people are, are really hyped on that, and as I mentioned at the beginning, I'm not. But I I definitely know that a lot of people are, and a lot of people are saying, you know, that's going to be big minutes for both guys. And I'm not a believer until I see that for sure because. This is the third well, year we they they've had the chance to do it. So and they've never done we'll it. So see. we'll see. And I'm going to throw even another caveat for another backing uh, TJ Warren. The first two months of this uh, season, him and Lamb are going to have to carry the this team in scoring. So I'm going to keep a close close eye on this team. Um, I think they have quite a few fantasy relevant people and even if there are in, more injuries or some trades happen or whatever, you know you got McConnell. And you have Justin Holiday on this team, both who have been factors in standard leagues. So to me, this is a this is a team to continue to watch. I think there's a lot of value on this team. Uh, we do we do think Oladipo and Brogdon might be going a tad too high, but it's not an absurd amount of high. Uh, Sabonis definitely going too high in drafts. Uh, don't get caught in the Sabonis trap. Tyler, um, do you have anything else on the Pacers? And if not, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, no, that should be about cover for Indiana. Um, obviously, they're they're an interesting team, and they're are they, well. I didn't get that as my question. Are they a playoff team? I think they're a playoff team. Oh yeah, I think they're a playoff team. Yeah. Um, in the West, I don't know that they'd be a playoff team. That's a different story for a different time. But you can find me on Twitter at Tyler P Watts. Um, as always, I'll answer any questions, anything you got there. Throw them out, and I will be happy to answer. The, if this was the West or how they should be doing it, where it's just the best 16 teams, I, I'm not sure. But that's a whole another subject. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Watch the Boxes. Guys, if you like the show, leave us feedback. Support the show, patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Or just tweet at us because we are around. We like feedback. We like to hear how we're doing. And we also like to answer fancy basketball questions. That's why we're doing this. Um, I think that's it for the Pacers, and we'll see you next time.